Good morning, Playbookers. I'm Kara Tabor. Tis the Friday before Christmas, when all through the House, the Never Kevin Republicans are working to make McCarthy's speakership chances go south. This is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Just days after the 2020 election, then-representative-elect Bob Good of Virginia stood up in a closed-door GOP conference meeting and lambasted his party's top leader, Kevin McCarthy. Why, he demanded to know, had McCarthy spent millions in GOP primaries to try to defeat conservatives like himself? McCarthy had backed incumbent Representative Denver Riggleman against Good's challenge from the right, a decision, Good believed, that left his own campaign politically wounded and financially drained for the general election. McCarthy reminded Good that he went on to spend $2 million to help elect him that fall. Good shot back that McCarthy never gave him a customary congratulatory call after the election. Instead, Good recalls that when he called the GOP leader several weeks later, McCarthy groused on about having to, quote, spend money to keep a seat I shouldn't have to spend money on. So it was that McCarthy and Good got off on the wrong foot. And until McCarthy invited Good to his office on Thursday, more on that later, the two had never sat down one-on-one to clear the air. Rivalries, resentments, and reclamations are common in politics, of course. But this one festering relationship could have dire implications for McCarthy's long-standing ambitions to be House Speaker. Good is now one of the five so-called Never Kevin Republicans who are vowing not to support McCarthy's bid under any circumstances. Playbook co-author Rachel Bade sat down with Good for the Playbook Deep Dive podcast this week to try and understand the rebellion brewing against McCarthy. We not only came away convinced that Good is probably never going to back the California Republican for speaker, but gained a glimpse at how the opposition has been driven by strategic, ideological, and at times personal reasons. Here's a taste of that interview. He has a trust gap with most of the conference. Even those who are supporting him will privately tell you they know he's untrustworthy, that he doesn't keep his word. To hear more, subscribe to Playbook Deep Dive wherever you're listening. Had Republicans flipped the House by a broader margin, as they were expected to, Good would likely be dismissed by his colleagues as a gadfly. But given the unexpectedly slim margin, Good and a handful of like-minded conservatives hold McCarthy's fate in their hands and stand ready to wield considerable power next year no matter who ends up a speaker. We also learned that Good & Co. are formulating a plan for the January 3rd speaker vote. He said anti-McCarthy members are currently plotting to back Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona on the first ballot to prove McCarthy can't get the gavel. But once the second ballot is called, they'll begin coalescing around another unnamed candidate. A GOP lawmaker most have already agreed upon, Good said, but one that he will not name for fear of hurting this person's candidacy. While Good said there are, quote, a number of credible individuals who can muster enough Republican votes, he insisted, quote, there is large support for one individual in particular, a conservative who can get to 218 and would do an effective job. While Playbook reported extensively this week on the quiet effort to prepare number two leader Steve Scalise as an alternative, Good stayed mum, explaining that this person, quote, cannot be part of, and they are not part of, the effort to block McCarthy. Good predicted McCarthy would give in to the rule changes a larger group of House conservatives are demanding, but he said that 10 to 20 Republicans would still vote against McCarthy on January 3rd. He's not going to be Speaker, Good said, insisting he certainly won't get Good's own vote. He doesn't have anything that I want. 
We reached out to Good late Thursday night after his meeting with McCarthy to ask if he'd had a change of heart. His response? No change. Thank you. The January 6th committee released its final report on Thursday night, an 845-page document that is the product of nearly 1,200 interviews with witnesses and reams of hard-won documents. Online, our Kyle Cheney and Nicholas Wu have more insights on the massive release. The Washington Post writes that the report urges Congress to, quote, consider banning Trump from holding office again, citing the 14th Amendment, which bars those who have engaged in an insurrection or given aid and comfort to the enemies of the Constitution. Chair Benny Thompson of Mississippi, in a foreword, writes, Our country has come too far to allow a defeated president to turn himself into a successful tyrant by upending our democratic institutions, fomenting violence, and, as I saw it, opening the door to those in our country whose hatred and bigotry threaten equality and justice for all Americans. Speaker Nancy Pelosi says, The work of the select committee underscores that our democratic institutions are only as strong as the commitment of those who are entrusted with their care. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. At 4 p.m., the President and First Lady Jill Biden will depart the White House en route to the Children's National Hospital for a holiday visit. At 6 p.m., the Bidens will return to the White House. Vice President Kamala Harris has nothing on her public schedule. The House will meet at 9 a.m. to complete work on the $1.7 trillion omnibus appropriations bill. Amendments made before the Senate passed the bill on a 68-29 vote Thursday added hours of clerical work and dashed hopes of late-night House passage. The Senate is out. For more news on what's breaking in D.C. right now, subscribe to the Playbook newsletter. That's at politico.com playbook. Our music is composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Playbook's editor is Mike DeBonis, and our deputy editor is Zach Stanton. Our executive producer and head of audio is Jenny Ahmed. I'm Kara Tabor. Happy holidays, and we'll see you in the new year. Thank you.